Blog Talk Radio. Mm. Oh. Oh, well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I don't know what happened to our uh, introductory here, but uh, anyways, it seems it was a little delayed. Um, anyways, good morning. I'm uh, uh, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and, and right alongside, of course, is LPGA professional and Legends Tour player, uh, Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. Are you sure we're on the air? Yes, we're, we're on air. Um, everything seems fine, but for some reason the uh, audio was, uh, was delayed. So anyways, we'll, uh, we'll proceed as normal, and that gives us an extra moment or two anyways. Um, let me just remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, just to, to let you uh, to know of the, the actual time that we're on air. And uh, for those of you that uh, may be uh, tuning in a little bit later uh, in the broadcast, uh, we are, uh, as I said, we are live during the 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern slot. But for those of you that maybe can't join us for the full show or maybe not able to join during that time, if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf and scroll down to the on-demand section, you can get the uh, audio version the recorded version there um at your leisure so we appreciate you those uh, tuning in live it's also available as a podcast at itunes.com so go to itunes.com again type in women of golf uh under the uh, search key and that will take you to the main page and again you can listen to the, all the recorded versions there um also if you're interested in calling into the show you can do so we'd love to hear from you at area code 347-945-5855 and also you can email any questions or comments about the show to womenofgolf at gmail.com and if you're somebody in the golf profession and maybe you'd like to uh, throw your uh, hat in the ring if, it, if you were uh, you can reach out to either Cindy or myself Cindy's email is cindy at cindymillergolf.com and she will uh, do her best to work you into the schedule uh, or you can also uh, reach out to me at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit Cindy's uh, website, cindymillergolf.com, to uh, purchase the online program Own Your Game uh, series from your, her Own Your Game Academy, uh, which we've been talking about here over the last uh, couple of months. But we've got a great show for you this morning. Um, Cindy, we've got a couple of great guests coming on first, of course, uh, is the Senior Coordinator at the Symmetra Tour for Media. Uh, Brett Lasky, we, who we've uh, spoken with a number of times, and he actually helps get some of the Symmetra Tour players that we've uh, featured here on the show, uh, arranges a lot of that for us. And then a little bit later on, uh, LPGA professional Kathy Hartwood is going to be joining us as well. Uh, she's got a, a new program herself, uh, actually a new website called NowICanGolf.com. We're going to talk about that as well. But, um, Cindy, let me just uh, let me just say this. So we're kind of winding down, I, I think, uh, on the Own Your Game series, it must be getting pretty close to the end, right? Yes, we are. We are. We only have the um, post game uh, left, to be honest with you. And that's what, oh, okay. how do we? Yeah, how do we say? Okay, what have I done? We did last week player game. The greatest players mm-hmm. in the world have the ability to focus on the task at hand. And today we're talking about you know the post game. Wise leaders in elite performance all reflect on their performance to understand what they've done well and where they could be improvements. Uh, those who are humble enough to admit their opportunities to improve <laughs> shall always reach new levels of success. <laughs> right. <But> yeah. <laughs> and and you know, Cindy, really the post game I think is. is equally as important 
uh, as all the other integral parts that we've talked about because you know it, it's great to get out there and play it's great to get out there and practice but if you don't sort of do a self-evaluation or if you're working with a, a golf professional get them to help you with that evaluation um, then you're not going to learn from the mistakes or the areas that you need the most work from. So you need to do that. A lot of people just, you know, head to the 19th hole and maybe have a drink or two or, or something to eat and then sort of move on and forget about the round. And really, that's a very crucial time to sort of uh, take an, a self-assessment, if you will, and look at some of the areas and some of the difficulties that you struggled with out in the golf course. And I know that most, if not all, professional golfers do that, and that's why they're so successful. Well, yeah, because, again, what can I control uh, I can't control what I shoot. I can control my pre-shot routine. I can control my mindset. I can control my tension. I can control my emotions. I can control my swing if I work on it. Uh, so you can't control what anyone else does. You can't control the weather. You can't control what you shoot. But if you do everything in your power to be, stay in the present moment and perform the task at hand, then you need to pat yourself on the back and be happy with your results. Right, exactly. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go um, uh, a little bit later in the show and that. But, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, it's really everywhere. You know, if you think about this, uh, even in your day-to-day jobs, regardless, irrespective of if you're part of the golf profession or not, you know, it's important to do an evaluation of your performance. And that's why they have job reviews and job performance reviews at companies because they want to be able to, it's not there to pick you apart. It's not there to criticize. It's there to give an honest assessment of what you're doing. And, and obviously there to point out areas that, that need improvement. And that's what you want to be able to do on the golf course as well. If you want to be a successful golfer, whether you're playing at a tour level uh, or, you know, your local uh, club championship, you want to be able to evaluate uh, the areas and find and actually pinpoint the areas that you're weakest in, so that you can work together with your coach or your your instructor uh, and and work on those areas instead of just you know going out there and beating balls on the range every week. Exactly, exactly. And those who, you know, again, it's all about your mindset. Do you really believe you can improve? Do you do you think you can get better? Um, you know, I had a lady last night who said, you know, my five hybrid hates me. I said, yeah, I know. It called me and told me. <laughs> and, you know, so <laughs> it's like, come on, really? And so at the end of the lesson, she's pounding it straight. Holy cow, I can hit this club. Well, guess who's holding the club? Right. And it's all about personal accountability and responsibility. And if you stop, you know, don't have this fixed mindset that I can't do this. You know, yes, you can. Now, how good can you be? I don't know. I don't know your own personal potential. I know, you know, realistically, there's no way I'm going to be Michelle Wee. Well, how good can Cindy be? Better than she is now, so let's try. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny that you say that because, and we've all seen this, especially, obviously, with the amateurs. You don't very seldom see it with the professionals, but you'll see it with the amateurs a lot. Um, and, and I must confess, it's, it's, uh, you see a lot of males do this, probably more so than females. But, um, you know, a lot of club thumping on the ground, you know, after a bad shot. And, and, and they're looking down at this, you know, the driver or whatever it happens to be. It's like, you know, it's their fault. And you're right. I mean, the club's in your hands. You're the one that controls the club. The club doesn't control the shot. You do. And it's just interesting how, how people make excuses like your your student last night you know that that five would just uh, doesn't like me and you know this sort of thing and it's so true <laughs> you know it's exactly true hey but listen we got we got to move on here real quick um 
uh, Brett's uh, on the line here, so we're going to bring him on. Let me just do a quick introduction. Of course, I mentioned to you uh, early at the start of the show, Brett Lasky, the Senior Coordinator of the Symmetric Media and LPJ, uh, is on with us this morning first up. And here's just a little bit about uh, Brett's background, his experiences, of course, is in media, uh, PR, broadcasting, and social media, as well as graphic design. In a six-year span, he worked in minor league baseball, uh, collegiate uh, or college athletics, uh, is uh, he's broadcasted uh, professional baseball for about five years, as well as called Division One basketball for another four years. Uh, he's an experienced sports play-by-play broadcaster with uh, versatility in the areas of media relations, graphic design, and social media. And in 2012, uh, he was named the South Atlantic League Media Relations Director of the Year uh, by league executives and, of course, his peers. And he's now settled down quite nicely uh, as the senior coordinator for the Symmetra Tour. So without further delay, let's uh, bring on our special guest this morning, Brett Lasky. Good morning, Brett. Hey, hey, guys. How are you? That was a really great introduction. Thanks a lot, Ted. Well, you're, you're very welcome. Thank you. And, and thank you, Brett, uh, for all the help that you do in, in getting some of these uh, great uh, players on, on the show for us. We, we truly uh, feel blessed and honored to have them on here, and we're excited to, uh, to, to work with them as well, as I'm sure you are uh, in your capacity. Um, let's, talk, let's go back in, in history just a little bit, and I'm going to start the conversation here uh, just about some of your background and then, and then, Cindy, um, we'll, you can pick up from there. Uh, as I mentioned, you obviously have a lot of experience in baseball and basketball as an announcer. Uh, share a little bit of that experience with us, if you can. Yeah, so I, you know, I went to college at the University of Maryland, and um, you know, it was sort of my dream at the time to to be a play-by-play voice. You know, just like any kid that grows up watching college football or college basketball or major league baseball on, you know, ESPN or any of the big networks, you know, I wanted to be sort of, you know, like a Dick Vitale or, you know, Bob Costas or Mike Tirico or, or any of those guys that are big in the industry. So um, that's what I really wanted to be. Um, Yeah. So that's what I really wanted to be, and um, I really enjoyed doing it. I did it in college and got an opportunity to do, you know, a national championship game when Maryland women's basketball won, uh, and they beat Duke in 2006 or seven. And so I got an opportunity to do some really cool things, and then I did it in baseball, and um, it was it was a great time. What what do you think, um, Brett? Some of that experience that you've you've acquired, and I think it's true with anything that we do. I think you know our previous experiences help lead to what we're doing uh, in future more often than not. So, what do you think some of the experiences that you gained throughout uh, that uh, part of your life helped to prepare you for the position you have now? Well, I think that the biggest thing is is working with professional athletes and, and amateur athletes. So now every day I work with you know, 144 to 156 um, professional athletes. And it's my job to um, work with them and help them and, and be able to, to have a relationship with them that um, is is one that, um, you know, they trust me and they believe in me. And um, they think that, um, you know, hopefully they think that, uh, you know, I'm beneficial for the tour and for their brand and, and all that sort of thing. So I think, you know, when, when you're a broadcaster, you know, it's really important to be able to step into a clubhouse and, um, or a locker room and, and to be able to have the guys believe in you and understand that um, you've got a job to do and that, you know, they're willing to, to give you stuff and let you in on stuff. And, um, you know, hopefully you can use the stuff that they let you in on 
um, to help the broadcast and to, to give your listeners or viewers perspective. So I think uh, the biggest thing that I learned is, you know, how to, how to deal and treat um, professional athletes and how to get them to, to believe in you and trust you. Yeah, well said. Um, Cindy, do you got uh, some questions there? Let me ask you a question because it's very, I, I hear what you're saying, <clears throat> and it's more important than you can absolutely understand that you must, must, must teach them to trust you. It's funny because Alan, my husband, who played on the tour for a long time, <clears throat> was really good friends with um, Mr. Taylor from Golf Mag- Golf World magazine, Dick Taylor. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> he he got to be really good friends. And I think part of what that was, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, is Alan would confide things with Dick. And when Dick didn't print them, it showed Alan that he can say things to him that he won't blab to the world. Right, right. No, it's so true. Do you you find that to be true? Yeah, I mean, you got to think about it this way. I'm around these women more than anybody else in their life. You know, really, when you think about it, because, Mm. um, you know, let's say there's 23 to 25 tournaments throughout the year. You know, obviously, all they don't go to all of them, but let's say you know a top player goes to, let's just say for number's sake, 20 events. You know, I mean, that's nearly half of the year yep. they're around myself and, um, you know, the staff here on the Symmetra Tour. So, you know, I think you, you have to, you know, everything they say and everything that they do can't be um, for public consumption. It just can't, right, because there's just so much time um, and so many things that they're doing that you sort of have to – understand how to have a, a friendship and also how to have a, a working relationship where, you know, if let's say, you know, for example, yesterday I was talking to Jackie Stolting who was on the big break and, you know, has played on the LPGA and is playing this week in Greenwood. And um, she was telling me that uh, she was just hitting a tee shot and her husband's caddying for her. And she was telling me that, um, you know, it's their anniversary week and they rented a house on the lake and, you know, she's really happy about the week. So, you know, if she wins this tournament, you know, that's a great story, you know, that, you know, right. she wins a tournament, it's her anniversary week. And the only reason she told me that is because we were just sort of shooting the breeze. So you have to sort of have a, a both a, a friendship kind of relationship and also a professional one where, you know, if something did happen to Jackie and I had to ask her maybe a, a, a more tough question or, you know, a more personal question that she – she'd be willing to answer it too. So, um, so you kind of have to have both. Do you, do you find you have to sort of find a balancing act though, Brett, with, with that relationship? Like, you know, you have to kind of use your own judgment a little bit and say, okay, this is something that they want to, you know, get out there to the fans and that. And then there's other things that you, I mean, obviously there's, there's obvious situations, but um, how do you sort of balance that and make sure that, that the, the image that you're projecting is what they're trying to actually do and not, you know, sort of throw some things out there that they may not want to necessarily. Yeah, you know, the, the good thing for me is that, you know, I'm sort of a teammate of theirs, right? I mean, I work for right. the LPGA. I'm not, you know, Golf Week or Golf Channel or ESPN right. or ABC or whatever. I'm, I'm not, um, you know, and again, I don't think that, I'm not saying ESPN or any of these networks or publications are out to get these 
uh, athletes no. as they're not. But I'm not um, in a position where I want to portray them in any sort of negative light. You know, everything that I want to do with these professionals on the tour is in a positive light because I work for the tour. You know, if I'm portraying them in a negative light, you know, I'm not going to be employed very much longer. So, (laughs) um, you know, you know, I think they, uh, they all understand that. And I think, right. I understand that. And I try to do, um, whatever I can to portray them in a really positive light. And that's the really cool thing for me about working, um, with younger athletes is I think a really good example is, um, a gal by the name of Brittany Altamare who won a couple weeks ago in Sarasota and is now playing on the LPGA. I remember two or three years ago when I first started on this tour and she was a rookie at the time. Um, she was really, I don't know if intimidated by me or just really, you know, she she didn't have a whole lot of media training in college and never really did a whole lot in high school. And, um, you know, she didn't really like to do the whole media thing. And I remember, you know, anytime I sort of showed up, she would try to walk the other way or something like that. <laughs> just really over, you know, really over two or three years, we've become really good friends and she's gotten a lot more comfortable in front of the camera, talking to the media. And I was really proud of her after winning the tournament, how she handled talking with the media and the comfort she had in front of, you know, two print reporters and a, you know, TV guy and a, and a blogger. So, you know, I think, um, you know, seeing stuff like that is really cool to me. Part of our series of the own your game series is about learning your behavior style. And so what you just mentioned, she may be really shy and unsure of herself and you handled it magnificently because some people it's harder to gain their trust than others. Do you find that to be the case? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, the the thing that um, really shocked me, Cindy, I'll be honest with you, I came from, you know, bigger sports like baseball and basketball and football where they get a lot more media attention and they're around people um, a lot in high school and college. Um, but I was really shocked when I came to golf how little even a star player in college deals with the media and deals with, you know, some speaking obligations. Like Brittany was a, I mean, she was an all ACC player. She was, you know, ACC player of the year at the university of Virginia, which is a, you know, big time college program, but she did very little in the form of media um, in high school and college. So, so I think naturally she was just not that comfortable with it. So um, yeah, it took a little bit of time and, you know, there's certain players that have these, you know, big personalities and love to be around people and talk to people where it's just, you know, you go up to them, you say, hi, next thing you know, it's two hours later and Mm, you're still talking, you know, but there's others like Brittany that, you know, it takes a little bit of time. Who's this Brett guy? You know, what, what's his role? Who is he? Why is he coming up to me? So I think all those questions probably at first were floating around her head, but um, it's really cool to see that now, you know, we have this really good relationship and she's gotten so much better around people and around the media. And now I think she's ready. You know, she wins a tournament on the LPGA and, you know, there's a scrum of whatever, five cameras, she'll be ready. Right. Well, and that's also, you know, so important, like you mentioned, that you're part of the family. So 
you're not, and it's, again, it's not to say that ESPN and NBC and all these people, the Golf Channel, are bad. They're not bad. It's just that you're, hey, I'm like your brother and your sister here. You got to learn to trust me. I'm on your side. I want you to look good, so we look good. You know, and conveying that message is really important. Yeah, and it's you know, again, it just to me it goes back to you know being surprised at um, you know just how you know, different it is in college golf and amateur golf where, you know, a lot of these players, they just, you know, grow up, they win tournaments, they, you know, they, they, they win college tournaments, but yet they they don't get a whole lot of attention. So there's not always constantly people around them. And, you know, after rounds, people want to talk to them and get autographs and all that. So I think all that stuff takes a little bit of getting used to because, Look, I haven't, I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't been to a whole lot of amateur golf tournaments, but I would imagine, you know, once you're done, you you get lunch with mom and dad and you go in the car and you go home. So, yeah. you know, a lot of the, you know, stuff with the fans and uh, media, a lot of that stuff is a little bit foreign to, to some, even star players when they come out on tour. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot more that fans don't realize that, um, people have to get used to um, in, in the golf space when they when they become professionals. So that's all been really fascinating to me over the last three years because I would have thought that you know a kid like Brittany Altamare would have you know been comfortable with the autographs and the fans and the media, but you know frankly she wasn't at first. Let me ask yeah. you a question, if I might. What? There, it's a two-part question. So your your dream and goal was to be an announcer, on-air talent, and you've now shifted into almost behind-the-scenes control of what – tell us what your job is really now and why you prefer this to being on-air. Well, now, you know, my major responsibility is, um, at least in my opinion, is – promoting the players and promoting the Symmetra tour because, um, you know, I'll be honest. And I think anybody that's listening knows that, you know, the PGA tour is king in the golf space. And, you know, even the LPGA tour, my employer um, struggles for space, you know, space in the media, space on social media, space anywhere in the golf world. So take that to another level down so we're talking basically AAA women's golf. Um, and, and I think if you talk to anybody on the web.com tour, they'll tell you that um, they struggle in the golf space too, um, to get on golf channel and to get recognized in golf week and all that stuff. So um, it, it's a constant battle um, every day to try to, to get this tour recognized because as you guys have, you know, witnessed uh, firsthand through talking to these players, they all have great stories and, Oh yeah. They all come from somewhere and they're all pretty interesting and charismatic and all that. And, uh, my goal is to sort of promote them and at the same time promote the tour. And um, so that's my primary responsibility. And, you know, I think um, I enjoy the, uh, the on-camera stuff and doing the play by play. And it was, it was a truly great experience. And I wouldn't say that I'm, um, ruling that out is a possibility down the road. And I still do some things that sort of have components. Like I do a lot of video for the tour, um, shooting, editing and stuff like that. And I do a podcast for LPGA tour.com. So, or LPGA.com. So I still try to get some components of what I've done in the past, um, into my current job. 
Oh, that's great. So you know how to edit? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Very so, cool. so like yesterday, you know, yesterday I flew around the golf course and, um, you know, shot some, you know, the signature holes here at the links at Stony Point and Greenwood, South Carolina are, you know, the seventh hole and the 13th hole, which are both par threes and both have water in play. So, you know, I went around the course and, um, you know, got some B-roll and put up a you know quick minute long video. So, you know, our fans hopefully can go to SymmetraTour.com and, and check it out. And, Cause look, I mean, our events are not televised, right? So if you want to follow this tour, you know, basically, the two ways that you can are through the leaderboard on SymmetraTour.com or through social media, you know, and social media has become a lot more visual with pictures and video. So that's what we try to do. But, you know, if you're not in South Carolina or Greenwood, South Carolina, really, you know, it's hard to get a visual of where these girls are or what the golf course looks like if you're just following on SymmetraTour.com. So I think that's where we try to, provide that visual as best we can with the resources we have. So now I have to interrupt for a second. Tell me where this thing is because I'm coming down there to play in the Legends Tour event in conjunction with the Symmetra Tour this weekend, and I haven't seen the course. So where do I see these two part threes? Uh, If you go to SymmetraTour.com and go to videos, um, you can see it. And, uh, yeah, I saw you were in the field, Cindy. That's funny. When I was looking at the Legends Tour field, I saw you were in it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be talking to her in, uh, you know, in a day or so when I looked at the field. But, uh, yeah, they're beautiful. The par 3 13th is actually – it's right on Lake Greenwood. So the the bottom tee box on Sunday – is literally surrounded on two sides, if you can picture it, by water. So straight out in front, Mm. if you were to take three steps from where you tee off, you'll fall into the lake forward. And then if you take three steps to your right, you'll fall into the lake as well. So don't do that is my recommendation to you. Um, But the really cool thing, too, is that on Sunday, or really all weekend, people will dock their boats right by the tee box, and it mm. sort of has become this, like, really cool party hole. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's fun. You'll love it. <laughs> okay, so well, I'm on the Symmetra Tour website, and I went to Sights and Sounds around the links at Stony Point. Yeah. So do I click on that? Yep, so watch that video, and, and you know, All maybe right, halfway watch through, really you'll, get a look at, you'll get a look at hole 13. Am I going to be playing and, that hole with clenched butt cheeks? What's that? Am I going to be playing that hole with clenched butt cheeks? Well, you might be. I don't know what your uh, <laughs> your pressure level is, so I've never seen you golf, but uh, you might be. Okay, well, thanks. Well, Brett, Brett, just in case Cindy steps off the, the, the front or the side of the tee, I want to make sure you get some B-roll of that and you can send it into the show and, and we'll have that. Brett, let me just ask you very quickly. We've only got a few minutes left here, and then we've got to let you go, and I know yeah. you're busy in that. Um, no, no problem. We had, we had Mike Nichols on the show a couple of years ago, uh, a colleague of yours at the Symmetra Tour, and yeah. uh, he was certainly looking forward to some growth and, and a lot of co- collaboration with some of the other tours, and Cindy just mentioned with the, the Legends Tour. What do you see happening with the Symmetra Tour in the next five to ten years? If you forecast it, what are you excited to, to see coming up, and, and uh, where do you see the direction of the tour going? Well, I'll say this, Ted and Cindy, that, you know, just in my two-plus years or three years, let's call it, with the tour, um, we've gone from, and I take no credit for this, but we've gone from zero 
$200,000 plus events to five. Um, Mm -hmm. And this week the gals are playing for $250,000, which is the largest total purse in the history of the tour. So the winner this week will earn $37,500. And I'd say for a minor league women's tour, that's a pretty respectable figure. Um, I think a lot of people would love to earn, you know, nearly $40,000 in an entire year. So, um, you know, I think that's a very respectable figure for a a minor league women's tour. I think to, to answer your question, uh, long-term, I think the, the goal from the LPGA and the Symmetra tour is to become the proving ground, not Mm -hmm. a proving ground, but the proving ground to play on the LPGA. You know, right now, if you look at the top players in the world, you know, Lydia Ko never played on the Symmetra Tour. Hana Jin right. never played on the Symmetra Tour. Young Kim never played on the Symmetra Tour, so on and so forth. Now, there are a lot of people that did play on the tour, you know, Brooke Henderson, Jarena Pillar, right. and that could go on and on. But I think at some point, and I think, you know, it's coming in the near future, and certainly in that 5-10 year range, the Symmetra Tour has to become the place and the only place in which players can go from wherever they're playing, whether it be in Korea or Japan or or wherever, but it's got to become the tour. And I think, you know, obviously purses have to go up and stuff like that, but it also has to attract, you know, players that are playing in Europe, right? Like, you know, right now, um, a lot of those players play on the ladies European tour and, We've seen an influx of players that were playing on that tour that have come over to play on the Symmetra tour, but I think we need to see more and more of that in the near future. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Brett, you're, you're doing a fantastic job for the Symmetra tour, and, and Sydney and I certainly appreciate uh, all that you do to help us uh, here with our program and, and getting some of the great players. And I'm going to throw this there now, save me sending you an email. Uh, Line us up with one for next week, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, we'd love to have another great young lady on here and, and showcase her on, on the Women of Golf show. So we appreciate all you that you do. All right, cool. Yeah, thank you guys so much. You guys do a great job for for our young players, giving them an opportunity to, to speak and, and to learn how to, you know, do this in an, in a, in an engaging way. So I, I really appreciate that. And, Cindy, don't fall into the lake on 13, and I'll come up and say <laughs> hi to you. Okay, honey, I'll see you this weekend. Thanks. All right. right. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks, Brett. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, that was Brett Lasky, uh, Senior Coordinator for Media at the Symmetra Tour. Uh, Great uh, great conversation. He's doing a a fantastic job of of helping these young ladies, and uh, we're certainly very uh, honored to have him on the show this morning. Um, Cindy, let me just uh, do some quick introduction here, and I see Kathy is also ready to come on board, so we'll bring her on just a second. Uh, as I mentioned, the second half uh, of the show, uh, LPJ professional uh, Kathy Hartwood is going to be joining us. She is the owner and creator of uh, NowICanGolf.com, which is an online instructional course for women and also currently teaches golf at Fiddler's Elbow Country Club in New Jersey. Uh, Kathy's insightful and top-notch teaching skills have made her a celebrated teacher. Uh, she has an extensive golf background, both as a competitor and instructor, and after a successful, successful junior and collegiate uh, golf career, uh, she traveled the world uh, competing uh, not only on the European, but the Korean, Australian, and South African tours as well. Uh, as an instructor, she has taught in the Nicholas Lake Golf Schools and the Golf for Women Magazine Golf School. She was a contributing editor, in fact, for Golf for Women Magazine for several years and has published many instructional articles in newspapers, magazines, and in addition, 
Uh, she's been featured on the cover of Women and Golf Magazine, Golf for Women Magazine, uh, Colorado Avid Golfer, and New Jersey Golf Magazine and Player Magazine. And since '96, she has consistently, consistently, excuse me, been voted. Uh, one of Golf for Women Magazine's top 50 instructors and in 2010 and 12, she was Golf Digest, uh, honored her as one of America's top 50 uh, women teachers. And Edwin Watts in 2013 recognized her as one of the top instructors in the country. And also in 2014 and 2015, she was ranked as one of the favorite teachers in the state of New Jersey through Golf Styles Magazine. So without further hesitation, let's bring on our very special guest, Kathy Hartwood. Good morning, Kathy. Hello, Cindy. How are you guys? We're doing, We're doing very good. well. The one Great. thing you didn't mention, Ted, is that guess where she's from? Oh, yes, that's right. I think that's on the bottom. I do mention Buffalo. I love Buffalo. Yeah, we love that's, Buffalo. Well, I figured yeah. we already had one, one from Buffalo on the show. I didn't need to mention it. No, actually... There was just so many accolades on there. We we would use up all the time just reading them out. But uh, quite a repertoire, uh, <laughs> Kathy, of of uh, accomplishments, and uh, we we appreciate that. Um, let me just jump in real quick here, and then Cindy, I'm going to let you start off here with Kathy. Um, a couple things. We're obviously Kathy. We're going to give you an opportunity to talk about uh, your new program, NowICanGolf.com. Um, but Cindy has been doing for the last several weeks an Own Your Game series, which is part of her Own Your Game Academy that that she does. And uh, we're going to throw some things in there and get your perspective as well. And this particular week, we're sort of wrapping up the series uh, with the post game. So we'd like to get your thoughts on uh, how people should handle their post uh, round uh, activities and what they need to, to learn from that. But uh, Cindy, go ahead and let's start off. Well, Kathy, I'm so excited about your NowICanGolf.com, the online instructional course for women, um, because it is so much so needed. And I think, you know, my perspective is, you have created a safe place for people to learn how to play. Can you tell us why you created this? Well, I mean, actually, that's, that has a lot to do with it. You know, I have, sure, I have had this, um, I guess, kind of unusual opportunity. I had to look back at it as being an opportunity that every place that I went and I taught, I looked back and I noticed that I was at startup clubs or new clubs, and I had, I just consistently had beginners. And, you know, one, my husband is a, a a well-ranked uh, instructor, and everybody was about teaching the tour player and the good golfer. And I'm like, man, I keep getting all these beginners. And I finally just really embraced them, and now they're kind of they're my niche. I really have gotten fine-tuned how to teach beginners. I just get an inordinate amount of them, um, and I love them. And one of the biggest hurdles for women getting into the game, as you clearly know this, Cindy, is they're very intimidated. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of information to learn. Um, and, you know, I really make a very fun and light environment, and I fine-tuned how to get them out on the golf course. And I, I really do I'm – I'm not a method teacher by any means, but I do have kind of a program that gets them out and playing and on their, on their own out on the golf course uh, as quickly as I can. And that's my biggest thing is I really try and make everybody comfortable. I actually just got an email. It's funny that you said that uh, from – I'm sitting at my club on a dreary day in New Jersey, and I have six ladies who are supposed to show up at 10 o'clock um, to take a clinic. And so it'll be interesting to see how many show up. But one of the emails that I got was uh, a lady who was, wasn't able to make it today, but she thanked me for taking the intimidation out of the game, and she capitalized that. And that's, you know, that's kind of my forte. But a, a lot of that is very easy for me to do in person because, you know, I'm, I'm relatively light. I joke around a lot. And, 
Uh, and I tried to figure out how I could transfer that to a video format because I really can only reach who's in my environment. And I noticed that there's a lot of people that I run into who, man, I wish I could find an instructor where I am, or I really just wish I knew what to do before I went to the golf course, and I wish I could take a lesson from a woman. So, um, so I tried to, you know, putting golf instruction into like a classroom kind of online module type of format, it's not very good for someone who's really already playing the game because they know a lot of that information. And, you know, they might be doing something in particular that it might not resonate with them. I think that's one of the problem with golf videos, you know, they can, or golf tips online is they, they work for, they, they might work for only 10% of the people who listen to it and the other people who apply it, it might actually not make them any better, which I think you can appreciate. So, mm-hmm. but you know, they're always <laughs> definitely information online. I'm sorry. I, absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. And totally I totally agree. Like, yeah, so I've written a lot of articles over the years in magazines too. And you know, when I wrote those articles, when they asked me to write an article, I would I'm I'm always like putting in a disclaimer, like, but if you're doing this, it, that won't work. Don't do it. You know, I, was, I didn't want people to read an uh, an article and get worse because, you know, if they're working on their pivot, but they're you know a reverse pivot or they're doing something totally different, they might exaggerate. There's a million things people can take out of context. But for magazines, they're always looking, well, you've got to give us something new. You've got to give us something, you know, something out there, something that we haven't heard before. And, yeah, I, that just didn't resonate with my integrity. I didn't want to create something crazy uh, just so that I would get published in a magazine. So that's um, – so anyway, so I embraced my – I embraced me having beginners all these years. And being able to teach people from the beginning – it's actually something you can do online because I do keep it pretty simple. And as long as you're staying in, in the parameters that I set, you really can't kind of get worse. I mean, it's always nice to have a set of eyes, uh, but, and I don't say that you can't, you know, don't ever, I, I encourage people to go get instruction wherever they are, but this is something that they can get comfortable with and go out to the golf course and have a little knowledge going in. Uh, I think it's really great for, you know, I, for women in business. I have a passion for that, for, uh, for helping women, you know, move their way up the corporate ladder. I just read a statistic that said that uh, executives who play golf make 17% more money. Yeah, so that's that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think it's so I think it's a you know really really helpful for women. You know this as well too. You know it's really helpful for women in their jobs. There's a lot of business on the golf course, and I think is busy with our busy lives. This is a this is an easy way that they can get started with the game. And then the other. The other kind of niche of people that I teach a lot is uh, empty nesters, which I am about to be. Can you believe that, Cindy? Um, no, we are getting <laughs> old, but let's not <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> let me. So, let me yeah, just. So I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, what I was going to say. Let me just interject real quick, um, sure. Kathy, on a point that you made, and I think it's very valid. And, and Cindy, I know you concur with this about videos and things like that. And and I like the approach that you've just discussed. Um, that you're taking with with your uh, online uh, uh, program. One of the problems that I've always seen with a lot of the videos is they're very generic. Um, and and the, right. what I mean by that is they they they're trying to put a product out that appeal that they think is going to appeal to the masses. But as as we all know as instructors, everybody's swing is unique and different. And what may work for one may not work for somebody else. And you're right. They they try to let's come up with everything new. But the truth of the matter is, when you look at most of the articles and, and a lot of the video that's coming out, 
is just sort of a reshuffling of the same thing, and there isn't really a lot of new things coming out. You might get some swing theories or, or methodologies that might be slightly different, but essentially it's the same information. And I think this has helped to confuse a lot of golfers out there. They're, they're getting these messages coming out saying, well, all you have to do is transfer this and do that, and that's not necessarily true because you swing differently than I do, and, and uh, Cindy swings differently than you do, and so on and so forth. And we have to be able to work with each individual as an individual and not lump them into one big group. Yeah, exactly. Which is, uh, which is part of the problem with trying to take, you know, instruction online, just like you said, I mean, golf tips are, you know, great. I, you know, I have to, I have this one guy I teach. I do teach, I, I teach a predominantly women, but I have probably about 20% of my students are, are men. I have this one guy who every week he came to me and he goes, all right, so I watched this YouTube video. And so I've been trying to do that. I'm like, Mm-hmm. What? Right. You know, why are you Thank doing you that? So much for downloading. Oh. I'm sorry. Sorry, that was me. I pushed a button I shouldn't have pushed. <laughs> oh. <Sorry>. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you were saying about. Yeah, you said you were saying about a video that, or about uh, watching a YouTube video. Yeah. So every week my student would come out. He he would tell me that he tried something else that week. You know, he he listened to this other video, or I would say something. He goes, "Yeah, that what that's what so and so says on on YouTube," and um, you know, so basically, you know, you're you're kind of you're just chasing something. You're it's like treading water, in my opinion. I say if you're going to keep just chasing different different uh, YouTube and try different stuff very uh, every week, you're not really getting any better. It's like treading water. You're just you're on a treadmill. You're just kind of staying in the same spot, and you're confusing yourself. Plus, I. Plus I told him, I'm like, why are you paying me? I mean, that's, you know, if you're going to take lessons on YouTube, um, then why are you asking me for my opinion? So, you know, it, it ends up confusing people um, a lot mm-hmm. when they go and they're listening to someone. Someone is just trying to repackage it. You know, they're trying to right. say something a little bit differently. And, you know, as instructors, you know, I tell people, I have a Rolodex of ways of saying the same thing. You know, it's <laughs> the same, I want to tell you the same thing, but I can tell you it you know, on card 144, I will tell you it's different than on card one, you know, card 12, but I still want you to do this with your pivot or some, you know, whatever. But the, um, you know, the part that is difficult, you know, is just to keep it really kind of simple. And I'm, you know, there's nothing, there's, there's no really recreating the wheel in the golf swing. You got to do basic stuff. And I, I want to get you out and playing, you know, get your ball up in the air and get going on the golf course. And uh, then, you know, if you want to go watch YouTube and listen to your husband and the guy next to you on the range, um, you know, have at it. But I don't, I, it's not my advice, but I want to get you out there and playing. So, yeah, there's, a, there's plenty to confuse people. I, you know, we listen to it all the time as instructors, you know, all the different, different things that are going through people's heads. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a very valid point, um, you know, Kathy, you're right. There, there's a lot of instruction out there. And this is not to criticize, I mean, everybody's welcome to their own opinion, um, I, I, one of the things that bothers me a little bit, and I've said this many, many times uh, on, on air, is you know I'm, I'm all for technology. I think there's a lot of great technology out there that has helped instructors, but I think one of the dangers that's happened in the industry, and, and maybe you've experienced this a little bit uh, from what you've observed as well, um, but there are some instructors out there that are actually overwhelming their students with this technology. Instead of using it for what it's meant to be used for, in other words, to help the instructor get a better understanding they're using it to sort of translate that information to the students and the students are just their eyes are rolling back like slot machines in their head trying to figure out what the instructor's talking about um, because they haven't been trained on the equipment how do you find right. a balance with with technology or do you use much technology in your teaching 
Yeah, I I video. I think it's I think visual aids are awesome. You know, I you know so many times you might tell somebody that uh, you know to, they got they have too much wrist hinge and you know I think they don't believe it until they see it, right kind of thing. So I think video is awesome in that perspective. I love visual aids. You know, we just had an academy built here at Fiddler's Elbow, um, and it has three trackmans inside and. I don't. I really haven't used that with my students. I te- like I said, I teach a lot of beginners, but it really doesn't. I mean, they don't even understand what they're doing, let alone me showing them, you know, where their path is, what their club face looks like. That would just their head would, you know, figuratively explode. I think if I told them that. But I've also run into, you know, I run into a, somebody who uses a lot of TrackMan as a student, and he was telling me how much he loved his TrackMan, and he's like, oh my gosh, it's so fun. I love taking lessons with it. I love the, the instructor. He's showing me my numbers, and I said that. It's awesome. I said it's great. You know, certain minds um, right. love that stuff, and other ones are like, I, I don't even let me look at it. But the key, the key, um, the key question that I asked him at a Christmas party was, uh, I said, so how much has your handicap gone down? And he looked at me and just blinked. And I, it wasn't <laughs> a trick question. I was being very sincere. And he goes, Well, I'm not playing any better. Just my numbers are getting. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, like, I love you. <laughs> I was like, really? I'm like, all right. I'm like, it's, it, that makes no sense to me, you know. So it doesn't teach people how to score. You know, to me, when I teach my students, you you want to go out there, and if you're not having fun, and if you can't get your ball to get from point A to point B in the least amount of strokes for you, then I don't know what you're doing it for. I mean, are you doing it so that your numbers are better on a TrackMan screen, or are you doing it to go out and, um, you know, lower your score and have a good time? So for me, I want to make sure that my students are having a good time because if they're not having a good time, they're not going to play this game. I have a bunch of people who quit the sport because it's hard. And one of the other things that I tell tell, uh, my students, which is like kind of a little bit of an epiphany for them, I was like, if you you got to find your 100-yard club. And for men, it might be 130. Find your 100-yard club. And if you can hit it 100 yards, you could 300-yard shots on a par five. You'd be on the green in three. And if you two-putt, that's a five. You know, bogey golf, five is bogey mm-hmm. golf. Bogey golf is 90. You know, and they look at me like, but I have to hit my driver. I'm like, you can't hit your driver. So, no, you don't have to hit your driver. I mean, I don't think people realize that, you know, it's, that the game is a strategy. You know, how do you get from here to there? Like, what do you have in your bag that can get you from here to there? So I want my students to get out there and be able to hit it, you know, 60, 70, 100 yards, and you can play golf. It's not – you don't have to wait till you can hit a driver 200 yards. That's not what it's about. And I think that revelation and epiphany is really resonating with a lot of my students. So they, they can get out there and, you know, start playing and having fun. Yeah, and you thank you for by the way for making my point uh, about technology. You said it exactly right, and um, thank you for for making that point because it's just it's something and and you know and again I, I'm not trying to bash technology. I think there's a, a place for it when it's used in its proper context, um, but there are some out there that I think that are getting caught up in the technology too much to the point where it's actually not uh, producing the results that they they really ideally would like to get it's just a matter of you know maybe adjusting numbers and the gentleman that you spoke to at at the christmas party uh made that point very uh uh, eloquently um let's let's cindy let's get uh kathy in on the own your game uh series uh as i mentioned earlier um this is sort of the final wrap-up of it but it's talking about the post game so 
let, let's talk about that. Explain to the listeners out there how important the post-game uh, analysis or evaluation uh, is um, for golfers. Well, let me just back up for a okay, minute. Okay, yeah, 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 you go ahead. We, go ahead, did, we yeah. did not reveal how I know Kathy. I've known Kathy since oh. she was yeah. a kid, forever. Yeah. And Kathy's yeah. father, Chuck Hart, was a head professional at a country club 20 miles away from me. And my um, dad passed away when I was a junior in college. And I took lessons from Kathy's dad, Chuck Hart. And I would work at Wanaka Country Club. And her father was instrumental in helping me, number one, qualify for the LPGA Tour, and number two, helping me find sponsors. And Kathy's brother... Dudley is a PGA Tour winner, and yeah. he was he's younger than Kathy, and he's, um, I think he was like You didn't need to say that. Life. Yeah. Why? I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Not> kidding. <laughs> Whatever. And, and Kathy, I'm very proud of the fact that I got Kathy drunk for the first time when she was about 14. Oh, my God, I didn't think you were going to say that. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, you you know, I'm very, was... I'm very proud of that. It's funny because i gotta, I got to say this, too. I saw Kelly Ledbetter, who was Kelly Fuchs in college, yes. and I hadn't seen her in, like, 25 years, right? And I totally forgot this. And she's married to David Ledbetter, right? And we yeah. were really good friends in college. And the first time I had seen her in 25 years, she goes, oh, my God, I remember that summer I came to your house and you got me so drunk and I threw up all night. I'm like, wow, I've done this for more than one person. Oh, anyway. my God. That's like yeah, that's a habit now. Yeah, but I, I thank you for starting a wonderful pattern in my life. You're welcome. I, I quit. I learned my lesson. I got sick of being hungover. But anyway, so yeah. the post game. The post game is the end of our series, and, and what it, we say here is wise leaders and elite performers all reflect on their performances to understand what they've done well and where there could be improvement. Those who are humble enough to admit their opportunities to improve shall always reach new levels of success. So give us your little touch on that statement. Well, yeah, I think, you know, as a player, one of the big things is that you see good players, they go out and they do exactly that, like what worked that day, what didn't work that day, and, mm-hmm. and then you, you work on that. You, you know, you improve or you work on your weakest part of your game. And I think the other thing that, to take away from it is, that, is to make sure that you leave the golf course and don't beat your up, yourself up for anything that went uh, bad or poorly or that you, you were upset about because that's not going to transfer great until your next round or if you go and practice after the round. So as players, you know, we would habitually go and practice after a round, which a lot of times amateurs don't have a chance to do that. But one of the, because, you know, just because they have more of a life than a, a tour player does. So that I noticed and is, is that most, and I had a, you know, I had a whole series on this is I had them, work on the weakest part of their game and people don't like to work on the weakest part of their game it's kind of like doing a stretch on a part of the body that doesn't you know that hurts right you don't want to stretch your hamstring that hurts I'll, I'll stretch something that's you know that I'm flexible in so you got to go you got to be uncomfortable and go to the part of the game that you're the weakest on or you're not going to get any better and for a lot of people that's their short game you know I'll start a le- I'll start a lesson I'll say so what's the, what are your strong parts of your game and what are the weakest parts of your game and when they tell me I get you know, well, I'm not a very good putter, but I really want to work on my full swing. You know, I'm like, okay, but, you know, but if you're not a very good putter, why wouldn't you? Well, I can do that another time. You know, people don't give that enough, <laughs> enough importance. They're like, I, I, I want to pay you to, you know, watch me hit the ball better. So, 
um, I think that's a, I think that's a big thing is to be honest with yourself on re- really where you are in the weakest part of your game. Annika Sorkin was very um, uh, big on taking her statistics down, and I mean she really tracked it. And she went and worked on the weakest part of her game, and clearly she got a lot better doing that. So I'm not sure if that's exactly what you were were going towards on that, Cindy, but that's um, that's what I observe with people in their post game. Oh, I totally agree. It's if you really want to improve your performance, you have to be willing to look in the mirror, reveal the truth, expose the elephants, and work on it. Exactly. And if not, and- you're in denial land. Exactly. And for most people, you know, it's the, the reason that they're weak in that area is because they don't like doing that shot, whether it's chipping or bunker or pitching or it's usually a short game shot to be, you know, we, I think we all know that. Like a lot of people aren't, right. aren't, aren't super awesome around the greens and that's where they can shave most of the shots. Kathy, do you, do you think, let me just ask a question here because you raised a very interesting point when you mentioned Annika Sorenstam. Um do you think that a lot of amateurs, part of the reason that they're reluctant to work on some of those areas that they, we know that they should be working on is because they, they, they say to themselves, well, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a tour player. I'm never going to be a tour player, so I just want to be able to hit the ball decent. Like they, there's kind of a disconnect, um, if you will, if that's the right way of putting it, that they, they know they're never going to be as good as, as you know, Sally out on the LPGA Tour. So you know, why do I need to, to work on that? If, you know, if I wanted to play on tour, I would do that. Do you think that they just want to go out and not embarrass themselves so they, they'll work on the areas they think that they need to as opposed to what we feel they should be working on? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can look at chip that's embarrassing. You know, it's not as embarrassing as if you top it, per se, you know, right. necessarily. And, I, you know, you definitely want to get rid of those shots that don't work, right? You know, golf is a game of misses, right? So if you've got a really bad miss in the fairway, yeah, you need to work on that. But I also think um, – there is there is a little aspect to that. What resonated with me when you said that was that people the, the how hard are you willing to work at it, you know right. kind of thing. So you know, I, and do I really want to work that hard? I'm like, do I want to put in an extra time and get my you know how much better can it get? I don't think they really appreciate that if they put in a little extra, very good practice, right? Focused practice, not just going out there and whacking balls for a mm. you know for a time frame, that it can improve, and it's not one or two shots here or there or, you know, three or four shots. For some people, they can really save a lot of shots, um, adds up. You know, it doesn't, it's not necessarily putting in the same amount of time as a, <clears throat> clearly as a tour player. It's just putting in some good quality 15 minutes. It's not that, it's not that big a deal. But it's kind of like, you know, what we know we're supposed to do even with our health and our bodies. You know, people are like, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to be in better shape, but are you willing to put in the time to do it? And it's not, it's not really that that big of a commitment. It's not as big of a commitment, I think, as people think. Yeah, and, and you're right. And I think a lot of people, it's like, it's like dieting. You know, everybody's, well, you know, I've tried this, I've tried that. But they don't really, if you, if you want to be honest. Right. They'll try it for a short period of time, but when they realize, gosh, this is difficult or, or this is taking more effort than what I anticipated, then they start to cheat a little bit. And then, of course, they're not going to see the results that they thought they were going to see. And, well, this doesn't work. And then they go on and find something else. Everybody's looking for, unfortunately, in the golf industry, they're looking for the quick fix. They're looking for the instant cure. And it doesn't exist. Sure. And, and if you ask yeah. any player that's ever walked the face of the earth that's played professional golf from yourselves right up to, you know, Nancy Lopez, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, whoever, they will all tell you the same. You have to put the effort and the practice in. And I think one of the, the differences between um, your amateur players and your professional players is 
when an amateur goes out, they just go out and practice. They'll hit balls, they'll beat balls, whatever you want to call it. The professionals practice with a purpose. They go out there with a specific agenda in mind, and that's why they get better um, in their practice sessions because there's a, there's an agenda at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, in, in my course, um, see how I circled back around right there? That was pretty, pretty mm-hmm. good. I didn't do that. Actually, I'm professional. I just did. But in my course, <laughs> Um, in my course, one of the things that I do, I, I really make people kind of go through, like, look, if you're going to practice, practice this way. You know, do go through these steps to make sure you're, you're creating the, the, the swing that you need to create. And um, I emphasize that because there's no – and I emphasize that with my students. You know, look, if you miss two balls in a row, you need to stop. Stop and take a practice swing. Stop and check your, your fundamentals. Um, and I think a lot of times, I, you know, we clearly have all watched people on the range, you know, mm-hmm. miss 10 balls in a row, and really they're ingraining missing 10 balls in a row. So right. until you stop that pattern um, and really have a, de- uh, you know, focus and practice with a purpose, you're, you're really just, like, like I said, treading water. You're not getting any better. You might be getting worse. Well, and, and the other thing, too, and, and Cindy, I know that you've experienced this as well with, with students, I'm sure, is you notice how a lot of them will never practice their pre-shot routine on the on the on the practice tee. You know when they get out on the golf course, they're you know they're standing behind, they're looking at their target, maybe a couple of waggles, a, a swing or two, whatever. But they don't do the same thing on the practice tee uh, and, and sort of perfect that. And if you watch every golf professional, um, whether it's at an event or in a practice session, they go through their pre-shot routine and even their post-shot routine every single time. And there's a reason for it. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Again, it's, you know, how good do you want to be? And why are you here? What are you looking for? And are you willing to put in the work? That's what it boils right. down to. And if you are, you can definitely improve. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And some people are content shooting 110. And, I, you know, I, that's great. I, and there's no judgment in that. You don't need to play better if, that's, if you're happy at that spot. But there's plenty of people who want to play better. And so if you do want to play better, and yeah, it's definitely, you know, take the time. Don't waste time. I mean, we're, we're you know, we, there's the time to do it is now and, and to be, you know, uh, effective is now. Don't wait, you know, four years and realize, you know, if I only practice, practice better, you just, you know, you just hit away four years. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And it, I think everybody can, can stand to shave a few shots off their game. Sure, exactly. No matter how good you are or who you are or how long you've played, there's always room to get better. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, Kathy, uh, unfortunately, we're, we've got to wrap up here, but we want to thank you for coming on. And we're going to have you come back, if nothing else, to dish a little dirt on Cindy Miller since she was so gracious and, 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 and uh, I'm laying a little bit. So we're going, to, we're going to have you back on here and we'll, we'll talk a little golf, of course. We've got to talk a little golf just to make it official, but we're going to let you spill yeah. a few beans about uh, Cindy Miller, of course, uh, when you come back on. But um, again, just let everybody know where they can go uh, and, and get that information um, uh, with your program. Where do they go? So you said, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is great. Cindy, it was great talking to you. Um, you and too, I look honey. forward to catching up. So, uh, yeah, so my website is nowicangolf.com. And actually, I have a discount for your listeners. If they want to text to, uh, if they want to text, I can do this to 44222, they'll get a discount and they'll get on my email list and get some golf tips um, and things like that. So it's nowicangolf.com and that can do this to 44222. 
So, um, you know, I just really, if, you're, if you know anybody who's getting ready to start the game or you know some people who uh, could use some help, I think it's a great resource, and I'm constantly improving on it. So I'm sure it'll be adding more material. Thank well, you so much. We yeah, appreciate awesome. you, Kathy, yeah, you coming on the show. And, and as a, uh, all kidding aside, you're welcome to come back anytime uh, and share your thoughts and your experience with our audience. We appreciate you giving of that time. And, uh, and uh, as we say uh, on the show, go out and have fun, enjoy this game, um, because that's really what it's about. It's about having fun. It's not uh, necessarily about mastering the, the perfect golf swing or hitting the perfect shot. It's just about having fun. And um, there's a lot of great teach professionals out there that can help accomplish that like our special guest, Kathy Woodhart. So, or Kathy Hartwood, I'm sorry. Um, thank okay. you for doing that. Thank you for joining uh, us on the show this morning, and uh, have a great week. Thank you. You guys, too. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Um, another great show, great guest, and um, and Cindy, we're, we're going to get, get some dirt on you, my dear. So. <laughs> Oh, there's plenty work. to be found. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Well, listen, Cindy, good luck. Um, you, you said you're playing in, in the tournament this, uh, I guess, this weekend. So good luck with that. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, how things went. And, and, and don't take those extra steps on that par 313 uh, at the club there, just in case we don't want you uh, going in the drink, as it were. But uh, we want to thank everybody for, for tuning in this morning on the Women of Golf Show. We, we do really, Cindy and I do really appreciate uh, all of the uh, the listeners that that faithfully tune in from all around the world, and we hope you'll continue to join in, and we'll hope you spread the word and and let them know uh, your friends and and family know that uh, this is a great show to, to, to showcase a lot of very talented uh, young and older women uh, that play this great game that Cindy and I are involved with. So we hope you come back and join us next week here on the Women of Golf Show. And if you're interested in purchasing uh, purchasing uh, Cindy's on your uh, own Your Game uh, program, you can go online onto cindymillergolf.com or you can go through this show notes here and there's a link there that you can click and it'll take you directly there. And I strongly suggest you do it. Um, we, we enjoy bringing this series and we just brought you a little snippet uh, of each of the, the segments along the way to get the full program. Of course, you need to go in and purchase that, but we appreciate you uh, uh, tuning in and, and listening in. And Cindy, we appreciate you always, always uh, for bringing uh, some great information to the show. Thanks, Ted. Have a great day. All right, you too. Thanks, everybody.